Welcome to the People and Performance Podcast, offering tips and expert insights into the strategic capabilities, behaviors, and results needed to grow and sustain employee performance. Welcome to another episode of the People and Performance Podcast. I'm Bill Bannum, your co-host. And in this episode, Chris Bjorling and I look at how CHROs and leaders can keep their people performing at a high level during uncertain times. And our guest this time is Whitney Johnson, CEO of Human Capital Consultancy, Disruption Advisors. Whitney and her team are experts at helping people grow their people to grow their organization. Whitney is the award-winning author of Disrupt Yourself, a keynote speaker and a frequent lecturer for Harvard Business School's Corporate Learning. She is also a popular contributor at Harvard Business Review and has nearly 2 million followers on LinkedIn, where she was selected as a top voice in 2020. And her course on fundamentals of entrepreneurship has been viewed more than 1 million times. Whitney also hosts the super awesome popular Disrupt Yourself podcast. Chris and I hope that you enjoy this conversation that we had with Whitney. And if you do, please remember to like, comment and subscribe. Hey, Whitney, welcome to the People and Performance Podcast. Chris and I are delighted that you can join us today. Bill, Chris, hello. Happy to be here. Glad to have you. So, Whitney... You coach CEOs and C-suite executives, of course. What are some of the big concerns that they have for the year ahead? A couple of their big concerns. Recession, definitely. Um, What are we going to do to manage through 2023? How are we going to adapt? Um, Supply chain issues continue to be something that they're dealing with the specter of those. Um, But I think from my standpoint and what people want to talk with me about is, all right, once we get through this recession, um, which we will get through because we always get through it. How do I make sure that I have the talent in place that I need to move us forward? So one of the key concerns that we end up dealing with is help me figure out how to continue to grow and develop my people so that they will be able to help us grow our way through this recession and they will want to be here once we get through that recession. So recession, supply chain, and um, developing our people so that we can retain them. Awesome, Whitney. Um, so yeah, it sounds like you're you're really working this part of it that I'm going to ask about next year. So when you go and start talking to these CEOs and the C-suite, how do you you know get that to you know take some of those big concepts and move them into a strategy um, moving ahead in mm-hmm. such an uncertain time period? Sometimes it's difficult for a leader to recognize that, okay, we need to transform the business. We need to prepare ourselves for the change that's going to happen. Um, And we do that by changing ourselves. And there's a great study that came out from Egon Zender prior to the pandemic when you surveyed CEOs and asked them, you know, can you transform the organization without transforming yourself? Only 38% of them said, yeah, I've got to change too. Well, Pre-post-pandemic, if you will, that number jumped to 80%. So there's now this growing realization that if we're going to transform, if we're going to grow, we need to change ourselves. And so that's one of the ways that we really get people to recognize the, the human capital element of it. And so the starting point is what are you going to do to grow yourself? Because if you as a leader will grow because of the contagion effect, you're going to create conditions where the people around you can grow. And as your team and their teams grow, then by definition, 
the outcome will be that you will be able to grow your organization and move through this recession, come out on the other side, being a better company, a better organization than you were when you started. But the fundamental unit of the growth and change is going to be you. So as we go into these times, as we're looking at, at different people, you know, we're in a time of high inflation right now. And we talked about the recession. Does money talk for bringing more people on? How important do you think salaries slash commissions are? to attracting and retaining performers at the moment compared to perhaps earlier in 2022 or at the end of 2021? I would say money always talks. Um, people want to get paid for doing the work that they're doing. Um, and they want to, in part because they need to put food on the table, but almost always it's because they want to know that the work that they're doing matters and money is the way to recognize people doing good work. What I have found is more often than not, people, once you hit a certain level, it's not how much money they're making, it's how much you're making in comparison to your peers. Because again, people want to be treated fairly and they want to know that their work is being recognized. So it absolutely still talks. Um, and, and once you reach that baseline though, I think what we have found is that one of the greater predictors of longevity in an organization, once you hit that table stakes of, of comp, is are people having the opportunity to grow. If there is growth upside in an organization, then, um, then people will stay. If there is not growth upside, it takes a lot, a lot of money to keep people, and even then they may not be motivated or incented. So you need the money so that people can put food on the table, so they feel like the work that they're doing is valued, and, and it needs to be such that people feel like it's fair vis-a-vis -vis your peers but after that what really is going to predict the longevity and engagement is are you helping people grow hey whitney in in a september 2022 article called what if your only job was to help others be successful you write the following most of us are extremely task orientated we often focus on mission value sorry mission vision and strategy possibly ignoring the people aspects altogether but what if people not tasks, were at the top of your list each day. What did you mean by that, Whitney? And as part of your answer, perhaps you can share how leaders can be better mentors. So what I meant by that is that if we, we, we often say, I mean, it's a very familiar trope of, you know, people are our most important resources, our most important assets. And yet most of us, if you, if you look at your list of things to do today or yesterday or tomorrow, you've got 10 things on your list. All too frequently, those 10 things are tasks. They are not anything to do with the people that you work with. And if you're going to be a manager in particular and lead people, it's going to be because the people that you work with or work for you are getting things done. And so my thought was is if we really believe that our people are the most important asset, that there's the leverage in people growing and developing, what if on our list of things to do, we said, I am going to consciously make sure of the five things that I need to get done today, two of them or even one of them is focused on how am I going to make this person who either works for me or a colleague especially, we think about it from the standpoint of our manager, what am I going to do to help them be successful? Because if we flip that and we think about helping other people be successful, as they're successful, they create the conditions where you can be successful. So again, you grow yourself to grow your people, to grow your company. But that's what I meant about that. Take that task-oriented mentality and apply it to developing our people. Excellent. Thank you. And just as a follow-up to, to that, Whitney, what, what lessons from the pandemic can we take into 
future high pressure situations. So, you know, it is an uncertain year or maybe longer ahead of us. That has been the theme of this conversation today. Uh, for what you just said a moment ago, um, looking back at how leaders changed and employees changed as a result of the pandemic and what we all went through, what were some of those key lessons that will keep us uh, agile and keep us resolute yeah. in the months and year ahead? So as difficult as the pandemic was, I think one of the, the thrilling things about what happened is that we were all pushed, in my language, off of our prior S-curve. Whether we loved it, whether we hated it, we were pushed off that prior S-curve onto this new S-curve, this new opportunity to grow and develop. And we discovered that we were more capable, more resilient, um, had more capacity than we realized that we had in many, many instances. And so as I think about going forward, sometimes people are referring to this past period as the great resignation of people sort of giving up or, and I think of it more as the great aspiration of people recognizing I am so much more capable than I thought I was. And so what I would say as we go into these uncertain times, coming out of uncertainty, continuing into uncertainty, psychologists call periods of tremendous, um, you know, stress like a pandemic, there's post-traumatic growth after that. There's this period of tremendous growth. So I would look at it and say, we just have this pressure cooker. We've seen that people are more capable than they thought. They're now aspiring to more. They believe that they're more capable. And I think as a leader, if we can tap into that idea of aspiration as opposed to resignation, um, that's that notion of I want to grow. There's growth upside. That's going to contribute to the retention that we're looking for the productivity that we're looking for, um, the growth for the organizations um, that we're looking for. Excellent, excellent comments. I love the aspiration models. Um, okay, switch topics a little bit here. You do something awesome. You host a podcast, <laughs> the Disrupt Yourself podcast. Tell us about your, your podcast. Well, thank you, first of all. Um, yes, so I love hosting a podcast, and I, I think you both know why. It's You get to have these really interesting conversations that continually requires you to study and, and to learn and, and, and develop. And, and the purpose of this podcast primarily is to talk to people who are either disruptors in their field or really interesting themselves and their personal stories of disruption. Sometimes I have you know, ideas of things that I just want to learn more about. But almost always it's what are the tools and, and how do people disrupt themselves in order for them to grow? Um, so that's that's the purpose of the podcast. We've had some wonderful guests on there like Simon Sinek and Brene Brown and Zaza Petulia. More recently, we've had Steve Young on the podcast from the 49ers. But there's two episodes actually that I would love to share with you because they were kind of surprises, um, but also very much, I think, indicative of the zeitgeist. So people who are not as well known, um, one of them is Jennifer Moss, who wrote a book called The Burnout Epidemic, and that's episode 238. Fairly recent, it's now in our top 10 episodes. And then also Emma McAdam, who's this really popular YouTuber on mental um, health and emotional wellness, and that has risen to the top as well. So it's it's really fun. It's interesting uh, opportunity to learn and then also share what I'm learning with with our audience and community. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, I have a Steve Young story, but I'll tell that offline sometime too for you too. So um, we'll go from that. But okay, excellent. As you mentioned, these people and these great leaders, these thought people that have been on your show and stuff, and and as I've done my research into your background and things like that, you've got some great mentors in the past. 
So can you share with us a, a, one piece of device or some direction you're given by one of these mentors, a, a leader or a colleague that inspired you specifically mm -hmm. to perform at a higher level in your career? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do two. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, the first one is Marshall Goldsmith, um, who is one of the, you know, he's coached over 150 CEOs, hugely, hugely in demand as a leadership coach. And he's been a wonderful um, mentor and influence for me. And he, he said to me a couple of years ago, very simple, very tactical, as you would expect from Marshall Goldsmith, you're not charging enough. And that, um, I think that was really important and really valuable because when you say to someone you're not charging enough, there's all sorts of information in there of like, well, why aren't you charging enough? And if you're not chart, you know, what, what are the reasons behind that? And what do you need to do? Because sometimes it's just a tactical, you need to charge more, but sometimes there's, there's the question of, well, if you're not charging enough, what's going on in your head that you believe that you shouldn't be charging as much as this person is recommending. So that's the first piece of advice that comes to mind. And the second one is not dissimilar. Um, uh, Bob Proctor, who was a wonderful um, influence for the past few years of his life, where I was on a panel with him at Junior Achievement speaking, and afterwards he came up to me and said, you know, I think you're playing too small. You could play bigger, and I want to help you. And so those are two pieces of advice of you need to charge more and you're, you could play bigger. Important, important pieces of advice. And I think pretty much anybody who is being, um, you know, in the human capital field, um, I think when we're willing to utter those words of you could be more, you could play bigger, you should charge more, that's a gift that anybody who wants to develop human beings is, is a wonderful gift to be able to give. Just last week, Whitney, I was having a conversation with uh, one of my mentors about very similar things to what you were just talking about there. Um, okay, so here's another question that we ask of all of our guests, and uh, your answer could be one word. Uh, it could be one sentence. It could be much longer. Who knows? Um, and you can certainly recap some of the other things that you've mentioned so far today. Uh, from a culture and people processes perspective, what does a high-performing company mean to you? from a people and culture perspective. All right, so um, what a high-performing company means to me is that you have um, people who are connected to what it is that the mission of the company and the organization, and they are connected to each other, they are working together, they are collectively on that S-curve of learning moving together. You can have all sorts of very talented individual players, but it is the magic is in that, um, um, and how people work together. So a high-performing company from a culture perspective is that people who are very talented and work together, connected to each other, connected to the mission of the company. Awesome answer. Thank you. And just finally for today, Whitney, how can our listeners learn more about you and also about Disruption Advisors? Mm. Well, the easiest way to learn more about us is to go straight to our website, thedisruptionadvisors.com. Um, you can also listen to the podcast that you were so kind to mention, Disrupt Yourself. And um, those are the two best ways to learn more about the work that we do, our assessment tool, the coaching, the, the workshops, et cetera. So thank you for asking. Wonderful. Well, that just leaves Chris and I to say, Whitney, this has been a great conversation. You're a super awesome human being. Thank you very much for your time today. Bill, Chris, thank you for having me. Thanks, Whitney. Thank you for listening to this episode of the People and Performance Podcast. Follow us on social media and remember to subscribe.